Would you go with me, please, to uh, the Psalms? In Psalm 34, we begin, I guess it was uh, four or five weeks ago, on a new series. And let's read our text and go further today. I'm excited about this. Once you read it out loud together with me, verse 1 through verse 4. Out loud together. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Glory. Glory. The title of our series is Free from All Fears. He said, I sought the Lord. And what happened? He heard me. Then what happened? He delivered me from what? All my fears. That would leave how many fears? None. That would mean you are fear free. Completely free. Not afraid of anything. Right? No fear. Of man, nor beast, nor machine, nor devil, nor disease, nor lack, nor curse, just no fear. None. None. Is that God's will for us? To be absolutely fear free. It is. It is. Is that the way most people are? No. Is that the way most Christians are? No. Well, then why? If it's the will of God. You know, we can't control everybody else, but I tell you what, let's keep our nose in this book and let's pursue this and you be here and listen and focus and make up your mind. I'm not tolerating any phobias or any fears in my life, right? No fear. Say it out loud. I will tolerate no fears in my life. Now, it would have helped if you'd have heard everything that came before today. Tapes are available. But we started out by talking about the source of fear, how fear got in. And we said, you know, we read in Romans 5, 12, that death came in by sin. And then after that, we see fear. No indication of fear prior to that. If there had never been any sin... There would never have been any death. And if there had never been any death, there would never have been any fear. Have we been delivered from death? Has Jesus overcome death? Then Hebrews 2, you know, talks about that Jesus became a partaker of flesh and blood. So that he, through death, 
might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through all their lifetime, through fear of death, were subject to bondage. Other translations bring out they were held in slavery by their fear of dying. Held in bondage by fear of death. Do we as Christians, should we fear death? Has the Lord done something about death? You know, the scripture talks about in 1 Corinthians 15, the child of God, and over in Thessalonians 1 and 2, how that uh, the child of God, we shouldn't grieve like those who have no hope. Even at the grave, we can stand there. Even with our closest loved ones, we can stand there and look at it. And if we know they were saved and we know that they're home with the Lord, we can say, grave, where's your victory? Hmm? Why? This body will rise again. And the Spirit's already with Jesus. Is that defeat? No. So why should we fear that? But people do. See, all the fears and phobias are in some variation a fear of dying. A fear of death. Now, when we say death, that includes a whole lot more than your body stopped breathing. A whole lot more. Spiritual death is manifested in so many different ways, and it is separation from life, separation from what you desire, separation from what you love. And so it's a fear of death of some kind in your life. And when you have no fear of death at all, you have no fear, period, because that's where fear finds its strength and its root. Now, we went on to talk about. What was it, the second session, about yielding. And we said, nobody can make you afraid. Nobody can make you fear. You have to yield to it for it to be in you, and you can resist it. I don't care if you're shaking. I don't care if your hair is standing up on the back of your neck and goosebumps are on your arms and your knees are bumping together. What do you do? What do you do? You resist it. Right? You don't just give in and the devil says, well, it's too late. You're already scared. You're scared spitless. It's too late. You say, no, no, I refuse to fear. I don't care. You feeling panicky, but you say, no, I resist this. I resist this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. What? I will fear no evil. I won't be afraid. Why? Because you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Right? So what do you do with every feeling of fear, every thought of fear? Fear of something bad that might happen. Fear that something good won't happen. Anytime those fears come to you, what do you do? You resist the thoughts. You resist the feelings. And what if they come back to you a hundred times in a day? Then a hundred times in a day, you resist them. And a lot of times you need to speak right out loud. You need to say, "Uh uh-uh, no, that'll never happen to me. No. Hmm? Because it'll come back. The enemy's trying to get something, a seed of fear in you. You hear something bad happen to somebody. And you try to act cool about it, but then you go about your business and that thought keeps coming back. What if that happens to you? Sometimes it, it keeps coming. You need to say it right out loud. No, 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 it won't happen to me. It won't happen to my kids. Somebody says, well, who do you think you are, preacher? Nobody really wants bad stuff to happen to them. But you just never know. That is not a scripture. We here at Faith Life have looked high and low. 
And we cannot find that in the Bible so we don't believe it. We don't base our life on it. You know what we did find? The Spirit of God through the psalmist said, A thousand may fall at this side and ten thousand at this my right hand, but it will not come near me. What does that sound like? It won't happen to me. <laughs> happened to everybody around me. But it didn't happen to me. Whew, glory to God. Isn't it good to know the truth? Makes you free. Makes you free. We talked about how that fear draws destruction. Job said, the thing I greatly feared has come on me. You get afraid of something and you live in that fear and dread of that thing. You're actually believing for it to happen. Fear is a perverted form of uh, faith. Did you hear that word dread? Man, I just dread going there and I just dread dealing with that. You're in fear. You're expecting something bad to happen. If you don't quit doing that, it'll come on you. I know I had a fella uh, one time sitting across the desk from me years ago at healing school. And he he said, uh, Brother Keith, he said, "I, I have cancer. And I said, well, you know, God heals cancer. I began to tell him about different ones. He said, well, they haven't found it yet. He said, uh, I've been to, uh, he told me, I mean, it was like a half a dozen different institutions and they ran all these tests. And I mean, like a half a dozen different clinics and hospitals had come up clean. I said, well, why do you think you have cancer? He said, I just know I do. (laughs) And man, the spirit of God stirred me up. I said, look, now, brother, if you don't quit looking for this, you're going to find it. Seek and you shall find. It works in every direction. Right? He said, well, I know I got I said, no, you don't. All the tests say you don't. You don't know you got it. You believe. You don't feel it. You don't see it. You're believing for it. You're expecting it. Your fears will come on you. It's a sad story. But a couple of years later, you know, sure enough, he's telling other people, well, see there, I told you, not realizing he prophesied it on himself. He believed for it till he got it. No. I mean, if somebody tells you that you're clear, what do you do? You shout. Right? You go, yeah, I knew that. That's what I was looking for, right? Amen. Don't seek for evil things. Don't expect bad things. Expect the good. Now, go with me back to the scripture we looked at last week in Mark 4. You know, when I was uh, flight training, getting my, uh, my private at your first license, I had uh, two or three guys that trained me and taught me. And... Uh, Not just one time, but this must have happened a hundred times. The Lord had blessed me to get a Bonanza. And that's what I learned how to fly in, which is wonderful. Very fine, fast, retractable gear airplane. Most trainers and stuff, they're not. And so uh, person after person told me, they said, well, you know, uh, there's two kind of folks. Those that have landed gear up and those who will. You know, because people not used to, it's amazing. You think, well, who would forget to put the gear down? It has happened thousands of times. 
You just keep descending and descending. And all at once you begin to hear all these bad noises. (laughs) And you look down. Oh, no. Every time that uh, somebody would say that, you know what I'd say under my breath? Because some of them were instructors. You know what I said? I said, no, I will never forget to put the gear down. Ever. I will never land with the gear up. But person after person told me that. Well, you know, two kinds of folks. Those that have already done it and those that will. Well, see, people think that's funny. It's not funny. You're setting spiritual laws in motion with your mouth. People talk about wrecks and they talk about crashes. You know, every time we hear something, we look at each other and go, that will never happen to us. We will never do that. Right? If it's a sin, somebody messed up, you know, they lied, they fell, they had an affair. We say, that'll never happen to us. We'll never do that by the grace of God. Right? But you need to give him something to work with. Give him some faith. Give him some commitment. And so uh, thing after thing happened like that. And they'd try to get me to agree with them even sometimes. And you go, well, you know, uh, everybody does this at some point. And under my breath, I'd say, no, by the grace of God, I will never do this. And the Lord's helped us. Amen. Again and again. You talk like that too. In Mark 4, this is the situation Where Jesus and the disciples got in the boat and went across the lake. And in the middle of doing that, this huge storm, verse 37, Mark 4, 37. Great storm came up and the waves beat into the ship. It was now full. Jesus was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillar. And they awake him. And they say to him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Were they afraid? Now here, we've already studied this some, but what is the cause that they are so afraid? They're afraid that they're going to die. They're going to drown out there. And the fear of death makes them subject to this panic and feelings. But notice, faith works by love. And 1 John says, perfect love does what? And you can see why, you can, such a, a clear picture of that. They're saying to him, don't you care? When you don't know that he cares, you fear. Right? Don't you care? People who ask this question don't know him. I didn't say they weren't saved. You can be saved, but not know God. Not know much about him. All of us are growing in the knowledge of him. But when you know him, see people that are saying, well, I don't know. Is it God's will? You think God would really Help me get money to pay my rent and to pay my utilities. I just don't know. You don't know him. If you knew him, you wouldn't ask a question like that. Right? You know, I've always had a good relationship with my father. He always has some kind of cars and stuff around that he's working on and selling and trading. That's where I got my motorhead stuff from, I guess. And if I came in, I came in home for a day or two or something, and I'm sitting around on the third day, sitting out on the porch with a sad look on my face. And my dad comes by and he says, son, what's wrong? And I said, well, I've been wanting to go somewhere for three days here, but uh, you never offered me a car. And uh, I just didn't know if you wanted me to. 
use one of your cars. I'm in trouble. <laughs> he would not coddle me. I know what he, he'd say, boy, get up from there. <laughs> Why? I should know. Right? I'm sitting there deliberating about, is it his will for me to have something? He would be insulted and aggravated. I know he would. How much more my heavenly father? Does he want you to be healed? You got people asking, you know, God, is it, I don't know, is it your will for me to be healed? What about Jesus at the whipping post, taking your stripes? You're going to look him in the face with him bleeding and being beat and go, Lord, do you want me to be healed? Is it your will? Well, why is he there? Why is he there? Right? Be like you coming in today and say, Brother Keith, is it your will for me to sit here and listen? <laughs> well, why am I talking? Why do we turn the lights on? Right? I mean, some things should just be obvious to you, right? And God loves you. He loves you. What does that mean? He cares about you. He wants your needs met. He wants your good desires fulfilled. He cares about you. He loves us. Said out loud, He cares for me. He loves me. Well, see, when you know that, you won't ask dumb questions like this. Lord, get up, get up, get up. Don't you care? We're going to die. We're drowning out here. Sad. Pitiful. We should know He cares and not question it. To keep questioning somebody's love for you when they've proven it and never failed you is insulting. Right? Right? I mean, if you kept coming and go, Brother Keith, do you really love us? <laughs> no, I'd just stay up to 4.30 for no reason. <laughs> Empty my bank account, put it into this church for no reason. Right. Brother Keith, I don't know, do you really care? Yeah, Phyllis and I work night and day trying to figure out how teams can, can focus and care for you and meet your needs. See, if you just keep saying, do you care? Do you care? I get tired of that. Wouldn't you get tired of that? You go, hey, hush. What's a man have to do? Well, that's just a man. How about the Lord? How about who's done everything? Never failed. We ought to quit questioning his care and be persuaded. Know that he cares. Believe the love that he's shown toward us. Like the scripture says. Well now notice this. He said. When they roused him up you know. He said in verse 39. He arose. He rebuked the wind. And he said to the sea. Peace. Be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. And he said to them. Why? Are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly. (laughs) You know, on one occasion, Jesus came down from the mount and he looked at the crowd and he said, how long am I going to put up with this? Right? This unbelief, it irritates him. And he said, why are you so full of fear? How is it that you have no faith? Last week we talked in some detail about how if you're full of fear, you don't have faith. 
If you're full of faith, it displaces the fear. And faith, we talked about, involves trust. Trusting the Lord. You don't fear because you trust Him. You have faith in Him. When you're full of faith, it pushes all that fear out. But let's focus on another part of this. The first part of this phrase, what, when he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? What's the first word in that? Why? Jesus asked them a question, why are you full of fear? Now that's a good question. And it's a question I want you to get in your thinking and get in your mind. Anytime you feel afraid, anytime you're dealing with symptoms of fear, feelings, thoughts, emotions, I want you to look yourself in the face, so to speak, get yourself by the ear, and make yourself answer this question. Why am I afraid? Why? Because Jesus asked them this question. If you'd have been there in the boat, what would you have said? They said, Lord, don't you care? We're drowning out here. The boat is filling up with water. I mean, the thunder is rolling. The lightning is crashing. The wind is howling. Waves are swamping the boat. And they know the next swamp or two, and that's going to be it. And he looks at them and goes, why are you afraid? Now, some people might think, that's unreasonable. No, it is not. Why are you afraid? To him, there is no legitimate excuse. Why? He was there. They knew he was there. Right? They'd seen miracle after miracle after miracle. They'd seen God protect them before. They'd seen God provide for them before. So he says, why are you afraid? Why? And so any time that there's some kind of fear in your life, now I know I'm going across this slowly and repetitively, but are you with me now? What do you do when you feel afraid? You resist. Here's something else you do. Now this will help you so that you don't get afraid again. This will help you so that you're not having to resist it perpetually. What do you do when you're afraid? You feel afraid? Ask yourself the question, why? Why am I afraid of this? Why? And so many things that people are afraid of, millions of other people do it without fear. Why can't you do it without fear? Right? Millions of other people do it. Why are you so full of fear? How is it that you have no faith? In the Psalms, you don't have to turn there, but in Psalm 42, three places close together here in verse 5 and verse 11 and then 43, 5, he says the same thing, almost word for word. Listen to it. The psalmist says, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted in me? Hope in God, I'll yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted? Why are you afraid? He asked himself that three times within a few verses. Why? Do you have an answer? You know, also in the Psalms, 
You don't have to turn to this one either. But the scripture said, Psalm 53, 5, it says, There they were, overwhelmed with dread when there was nothing to dread. Did you hear that? There they were overwhelmed with dread where there was nothing to dread. Oh, this is good. This is good. Are y'all with me or are you asleep? Don't snooze now. You don't want to lose this. You don't want to miss this. Oh, man, you can get free here so quickly. What do you do when you feel afraid? You resist it. What else do you do? Ask yourself, why would I be afraid of this? Why? All fear is rooted in the fear of death, the fear of dying. Any Christian who's afraid of dying is afraid of it for only one reason. It hasn't happened yet. Did you get that? It hasn't happened yet. Again and again, fears are based on something that hasn't happened yet. And so much of the fears are about things that are never going to happen and we're never even close to happening. Don't raise your hand now, but have you ever gone through a bunch of torment? Because the Bible says fear has torment. Have you ever gone through a bunch of dread and trepidation and fear all for nothing because it didn't even happen? Didn't even come up? There were they in great fear, or the NIV says great dread, where there was nothing to dread. There was nothing to dread. I assure you, anybody you know that's saved that has gone on home to be with the Lord, if you could talk to them, if you could talk to them this morning and you said, hey, brother, sister, you know, looks like I'm about to die and I'm scared. You know what they'd tell you? Why? Wouldn't they? Why? Well, I'm afraid I might die. Why? It's a legitimate question. See, the world thinks it's not. They think, well, die. I know we were... My dad had a massive heart attack. And he said, he's dying. He's seeing the glory. <laughs> he's leaving his body. And afterwards, the doctors had said they didn't see how in the world he lived. But in the midst of him leaving, he knew the Lord well enough to say, Lord, is it time for me to go? It's not time for me to go, is it? And the Lord said, no. So he started fighting. I said, he started fighting and he fought. He said it was tough. His body was just, you know, he said it's the worst pain he ever experienced in his life. And he fought and fought and fought. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'll finish that in just a moment. Come back over here. Can you hold that thought? Glory to God. I, I got so many notes here. What's that like the woman that lived in the shoe? She had so many children, didn't know what to do. 
I got so many notes here. I'm having to believe God. But you're with me, right? In Luke 21, just turn there. Hold that thought. Luke 21, and then go ahead and find Psalm 46. We'll just go straight from one to the other. I could quote this, but I want you to turn to it and look at it. I said, Christians who are afraid of dying are afraid for only one reason. It hasn't happened yet. Right? Because if it had happened, they would know. There's nothing to be afraid of. Right? Nothing to be afraid of. We're looking in Luke 21, then we're going straight to Psalm 46. In Luke 21, Luke 21 and 26. Well, let's read verse 25 with it. He said, there will be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for what? Fear and for what? For looking after those things which are coming on the earth. Looking for what's coming. And fear increase and grip so much. That your heart. And I believe that means both ways. Your heart spiritually. Fails to produce faith in life. And even physically can shut you down. Right? I mean uh, physiologists. Doctors and researchers. They've done numerous tests that show. You can measure the effects of fear. On the body, on the immune system. We talked about that test that they did, you know, with fluenza. They had people go into a room and had all these monitors on them. And then they told them that somebody that they were talking to and up close with and shook hands with and touched something they had drunk out of that had a serious, serious flu. And they said when they heard that, that the ones that got in fear, their very pores opened up. And their heart rate and their blood pressure came up and their immune system was lowered and slowed. And it actually had the effect of drawing stuff into them. When your pores are more open and your heart rate and blood pressure is up, makes you more susceptible and your immune system is lower. The effects of fear can be seen and measured on the body. But they said the people that said, ah, you know, I don't get that. I don't even get a cold. Heart rate stayed the same. Blood pressure the same. Immune system strong. Not bothered. Said again, I refuse to fear. I refuse to yield to fear. Said these people seeing the things that were coming on the earth, they're seeing distress of nations. Now, how many Christians have you ever heard watch the news and go, mm-mm. man, I wonder what's going to happen. I just don't know. wonder how it's going to turn out. Well, the Lord told us, he said, when you hear all these things coming on the earth and you see all these things coming to pass, what did Jesus say? See to it that you're not afraid. Didn't he say that? Is it possible 
to be in the midst of stuff that is just disintegrating and you're not afraid? Friend, I see this clearer than I've ever seen it before. That's why I'm so excited. I hadn't got to it. I'm endeavoring to get to it. But you can be in the midst of anything and not be afraid. Not be afraid. Why? Because you're not afraid of dying. What if somebody shot you? What if they did? Wouldn't it be awful? Would it? How awful would it be? Pow! Poop! <laughs> wow! I feel good. You my angel? Yeah, I want to take the scenic route. Let's go. Why should I be so terrorized of that? Huh? I'm so afraid. What if I get on that airplane and it crashes? When you hit the ground making about 700 miles an hour. (laughs) It's really quick. And you go, whoa, I feel good. I feel like I ain't never felt before. Angel says, there's a lot of people waiting to see you. You go, yeah. And the master wants to see you too. Oh, Chloe. Why should I fear that? Why should I be afraid of that? But people are, aren't they? Terrified. I might get this. Well, I can't eat that. What if I got food poisoning? Well, if you feel that not to eat it, don't eat it. But, now here's a big thing. You may think I've digressed. Having a check about something is one thing. Being led by fear is a completely different thing. Oh, I've seen this so many times. Somebody says, well, I'm not going to the doctor. Okay, why? Well, I'm just going to believe God. And you can tell, you can hear it in her voice, fear. But the Lord dealt with you that you didn't need the operation, that you didn't need the medicine, fine. But so many people don't go because they're afraid of what they might find. They're afraid of this or afraid of that. The fear of a surgery so many times, it's far worse than the surgery. The dread for the days and weeks before whatever. Someone says, well, why would I ever need a surgery? Because of where your faith is at. They say, well, God could do it without a surgery. Yeah, and he could put you on Mars in the blink of an eye. He could make you a multi-billionaire before the sun sets. We don't just receive according to what God can do. We receive according to our faith. And he knows where our faith is at. He'll lead us in line with our faith. Right? Do not be led by fear. There's people who don't go to places. And they try to make excuses and go, well, you know, I just decided not to go. No, they weren't led by the Lord. They're led by fear. Well, I'm not going to get involved in that investment. 
you know, I prayed and I just don't feel like it's right. And it wasn't the leading of the Lord. It was just fear. Fear, you're going to lose it. Fear this. Now, if the Lord deals with you, don't do it. Then you don't do it. But there's no fear involved. Right? Fear drives people. Oh, masses of Christians are being led every day by fear. They're making their decisions based on fear, which means they're not being led by the Lord. They're being led by the devil. I know that's a strong statement, but it's just a fact. When you're led by fear, you're led by the enemy. And it'll take you right into destruction. Now notice this too. Oh, there's so much here. Adam. We talked about this in the first session. When... Adam and Eve sinned. God came down, you know. Previous times, they were right there. They came to meet him or they were waiting on him. They're glad to see him. This time what? They're hid. They went away. And what's the first thing he said? He said, Adam, where are you? And finally, when he found him, he said, why would you hide yourself? Why weren't you there like you always are? What did he say? I was afraid. Because I was naked. That's not really the issue. Now yeah, he's aware of a nakedness that he didn't have before. But that's not really the issue. You know why he's afraid? Because the Lord told him that if he ate of the fruit of that tree, he was going to die. Sin. Condemnation. Wages of sin is death. Fear of death. But notice what he makes the issue. Nakedness. Oh, friend. This will help you in dealing with people. So many times when people are getting irritated with stuff or they get mad about stuff or they get hurt about stuff and they're making something else the issue, it's not that at all. It's fear in another area that's driving them. Fear will cause you to do stupid things. It will. And say dumb stuff. It'll cause you to push away the people that care about you the most. Remember Peter? In the boat when he saw the great catch of fishes, he said, you need to go away from me because I'm a sinful man. I mean, it's the best day of his life. He's just heard the best message he's ever heard. Got the biggest catch of fish. This is money in his pocket. And he says, go away. Fear will cause you to do stupid stuff. I've had people that I've offered opportunities to before. You know, go with me on this meeting. Help me with this. Do this or that. And they said, oh, well, I'll see. And later on they come back and say, well, you know, I don't think I can. They're afraid to miss a little work. Are they afraid to do this? Are they afraid to fly? Are they afraid to go? They're afraid to leave home. What did they miss? I don't know. But the Lord wouldn't have dealt with me if there wasn't something involved. Did you hear me? What'd they miss? I don't know. But it's sad, isn't it? So many times people miss out. They're not where they should be. They're not involved in what they should be. Fear. What if I get over there and run out of money? <laughs> you can run out of money over here. <laughs> what if I get over there and something happen? Something can happen right here. But if God's with you, why, why, why should you be afraid? I know when I was going to Ramah, 
we went on a mission trip down to Guatemala. And we uh, built a little church down there and had some good meetings. And in the middle, a bunch of our girls that were with us and, and some of the guys were out in the street passing out tracks and they were at this garrison. Part of the guys jumped over the wall and started shooting back at the guys that were left inside. And a few minutes later, tanks rolled in and surrounded the Capitol. <laughs> it's an internal coup. Major overthrow of the government. Well, man, you could feel fear in the streets. I'm telling you, I never felt anything like that in my life. Women grabbing their babies and running and people screaming and bullets flying. What makes you thankful to come back home to, you know. Even later on that night, I got up in the middle of the night to get a drink of water and I heard this popping sound. I thought, you know, of course, when you're asleep and, you know, you're used to being at home and you're, it takes you just a second. I'm thinking, who's shooting firecrackers? And I realized that's not firecrackers. And it was right down in the street. We got back to the ministry compound and we, we all got on the floor and began to pray. Because I mean, you know, far from here, halfway from here to the back of the room, people are in the streets battling it out with automatic weapons. And I'm telling you, the peace of God came in that room. Oh, mama. And the fellow that was over the, uh, he's gone home to be with the Lord now. But he said something stuck with me. He said, uh, you're safer here in the will of God than you are in your house. In the states, out of the will of God. And I knew that I knew the Lord had directed us to go down there. Now, that's important to know. Right? I said, that's important to know. You shouldn't just go on a sightseeing tour of battle-ridden places for no reason. But I knew I was supposed to be there. And the guys that were with me, they knew they were. I mean, God supernaturally dealt with me to go down there on that trip. And I knew I was where I was supposed to be at the time. And I'm telling you, the peace of God just enveloped all of us. And you know what happened? Within a few hours, that thing was over. And they got a Christian guy for president as a replacement. I mean, just like that. Glory be to God. But that stuck with me. Does that bless you too? I mean, you're safer. I don't care where you are in the will of God. than you would be in the safest place you think you could ever find. Out of the will of God. I said, well, what if I get up in that plane and something happened? Phyllis and I were driving down the road just the other day. And we're just, you know, you're meeting cars like you always do. And all at once this car came. He didn't miss us by half an inch. How quick? Just like that. Well, the Lord spared us. But you understand what I'm saying? I don't care where you are. There's so-called danger, but when God's with you, if God's for us, who can be against us? And he can protect you anywhere. There's nowhere you can go. There's nothing that you could be involved in that he couldn't take care of you if you're doing what he said do, if you're obeying him in the will of God. Now look in Psalm 46. You're holding your place there, right? Oh, I like this. My, my, my. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, what? Will not we fear? Why? 
Though the earth be removed. Now, isn't this sharp contrast from what we just read in Luke? Men's hearts failing them for fear. They saw the roaring of the sea. They saw the things coming on the earth. Here the psalmist says, I don't care if the earth is removed. If the mountains slide off into the sea. If the waters roar and trouble, if there are tidal waves a thousand foot high, though the mountains shake, I won't fear. Though the earth be removed, though the waters roar, though this happen, though the I will not fear because God is my refuge. God is my strength. And he's always with me. He's always present. Now, friend, is that just talk? Or is it possible for you to be calm and have peace and not fear with the planet crumbling under your feet? Meteors the size of the moon heading for the planet or some such thing. The heavens shaken. Is it possible or is it just talk? That you could stand up and say, I'm not afraid. I know who made this thing. And I've already read, he's making a new one. (laughs) Right? This one's heavily worn and polluted anyway, so. Huh? Is it possible? Now, I didn't say that you'd never feel any of it. I mean, feelings will come. Thoughts will come. But what do you do? You resist them. And then you say, why should I be afraid of this? Why? God's on the throne. He loves me. He's going to take care of me. Yeah, but what if you die? Yeah, what if? Lord tears is coming. Ain't none of us going to make it out of this alive. I said, if the Lord tears it. Oh, you didn't like that, did you? <laughs> you did know that, didn't you? If the Lord tears his coming, none of us are going to make it out of this physically alive. We're going to die. Right? Your cat's going to die and your dog's going to die and your bird and your fish and your flowers. And your trees and you. Oh, Brother Keith, don't talk about it. You ain't been listening if you think about that. If I say you're going to die, what should you say? So? So what? Now see, what do you do? You resist any feelings, then you go, why? Why should I be afraid of dying? Why should I be afraid? Oh, some folk are getting it, some are a little slow. Some need to hear this another hundred times. <laughs> if I say, if you say, well, we're going to die. Well, you should say what? So? so? Why should I be afraid of that? Right? I'm saved. I know I'm saved. I know what happens to me when I die. And I am not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. Remember, I told you to remember, hold your place with that story I was telling you about my dad. You know, he fought his way back. And I, I went to see with him, and I sat with him in the hospital for a few days, and the doctor came. I thank God for good doctors. I do. But there's some things I do not care for in medical science, and that's doctors or nurses trying to tell us what to believe. We didn't go to them to tell us what to believe. Right? No. And so this one fellow, he, bless his heart, he just didn't know any better. But he told me, he said, your dad has to do this, and he has to do that, and he has to do the other. Well, you know, he thought he should have been dead 
a few days ago too. And what we did, you know, his blood pressure was nothing. His kidneys had quit working. He was dying. You understand? Things had already shut down. So we just put our faith every day. The day we put our faith on his blood pressure. That blood pressure's got to come up. Well, it came up. Next day we put our faith on the kidneys. they got to start working. We spoke to him, and we just did that day by day. But even after that, he said, you know, your dad's got to have this, and he's got to have that. I said, well, I don't know that he will do that, because I knew him. <laughs> and he said, well, he's got to. I mean, he got kind of indignant. He said, he's got to, or he'll die. I said, he's not afraid to die. Guy looked at me like I'd slapped him. He said, <laughs> he was just incredulous. He, he couldn't believe somebody told him that. I said, he's not afraid to die. I said, now I'm going to respect his wishes. We'll tell him, but if he don't want to do it, he ain't going to do it. He said, well, he'll die. I said, he's not afraid. But see that, why, he was so shocked because that's not what he sees. Right? What does he usually say when he tells somebody they're going to die? Are you sure? (laughs) I got to get me a second opinion. We're laughing about it. And that's good. That is good because that means we're getting free. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, when people hear you're going to die, I mean, there's this dark cloud that comes in. Everybody goes, oh, no. What'd they say? You ain't going to make it. See, people have seen too many movies. <laughs> right? Haven't they? Go to the bedside and get those last words. And that is how you perish. Early. Right? No. We're not afraid to die. Say it out loud again. I'm not afraid to die. I've got something else I hadn't got to yet. Won't you stand up and praise the Lord for a minute? Let me think about it. Oh, glory be to God. Thank you, Lord, that you have delivered us from every fear. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Glory to God. Yeah. You know, I'm just not through. Sit back down. Hallelujah. I said, boy, I'm afraid he's going to go too long. (laughs) Well, get free, brother. Get free. (laughs) If you got to go, you know... Go ahead. If you say, I've got enough, I'm happy. Go ahead. Uh, Just come back and get some more later. I don't think this will take too long, but uh, Revelation, the second chapter. Now, this is not being afraid. We talked about not being afraid because people fear and dread when there's nothing to dread. Right? I said Christians are afraid of dying only because they've never died. If they had, they'd know. There's nothing to be afraid of. Right? They're only afraid of dying because it's never happened to them. It hasn't happened yet. But now there are some things that are bad situations. 
do you have to fear in bad situations? Get this now. Revelation 2. Revelation 2. He said in verse 10. Revelation 2, 10. How does it start out? Fear none. But now get the rest of it. Fear none of those things which you shall suffer. Is it going to happen? Yeah. Is it good? No. But what? Don't fear it. Look what he goes on to say. Behold, the devil will cast some of you into prison that you may be tried. You'll have tribulation ten days, but what? Be faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He that what? Overcomes shall not be hurt of the second death. We don't fear the first death and the second one can't touch us. But now how did it start out? This was because of people taking a stand because of their faith in Jesus. He said some of you is going to be killed. But what did he say? Don't be afraid of it. Could you do that? You know you're going to be put to death. You're not saying, well, there's no need dreading when there's nothing to dread. No, it's happening. It's happening. But could you still have no fear? He told us, right? He said, it's coming. But what? Don't fear it. Don't fear. Now, boy, what a perfect example of that is Peter. Scheduled to be executed the next day. And we see him in prison doing what? He don't look scared. Yeah, but he's supposed to be executed the next morning. What did he care? Huh? Lord, if you're through with me, I'm ready to come on. If not, I'll preach some more. Whatever you get the most glory out of. Right? Sleeping. No fear. Even when you know something. Now go to Hebrews, and I think this is it. I think we'll close. He said it's going to happen. But what? Fear none of these things. Now in Hebrews 12, 2. He said. Let me read verse 1. Wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. How about all those folk that died? They ain't dead. Their bodies are asleep in the ground, but they're not there. They're in heaven with the Lord. And they're watching us run the race. He said, lay aside, lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. How many of you will not do that if you're paralyzed with fear? So he says the next thing, how are you going to do it? Looking unto Jesus. Don't get your eyes on the wind and waves like Peter did and got in fear. No, he should have kept his eyes on Jesus, right? Just kept his eyes on the one who told him, come. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the what? Finisher. I mean, he'll get you started. And if you'll keep your eyes on him, he'll get you through to the end. 
of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Oh, friend, this is good. Despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. How did Jesus face the cross? Could it be? What? Who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross and he despised the shame. He said, what is this? I can do this. Because he could see the other side. He could see you and me. He could see you and me fear free. He could see us blessed. He could see us in heaven. He could see the future us ruling and reigning with him. It was bad. Oh, it was bad. It was coming. There was no other way. He asked the father, is there any other way? He's no, there was no other way. Boy, did he do? Did he just panic? Did he just freak out? No, he said his face like flint. And for the joy that was ahead of him, he looked at that thing. And like we said, looking at death, he said, death, where is your victory? Grave, where's your victory? Sin, where is your victory? No, no. Even when it is something that's bad, you don't have to fear. How much more when it's just conjecture and something that's never happened? When do you have to fear? When do you have to yield to feelings of terror and thoughts of terror? What if they set off one of them nuclear bombs over here? I'm sure we'd have already had a dozen by now. Had it been not for the mercy of the Lord and his protecting power. He who has protected us will. Right? Should we live in fear? No. No. What if this? What if that? What about this disease? What about chemical? What about the economy? How many understand there is something you can be afraid of every day of your life if you look at it and you listen to it, but do you have to? Should you? Does it please God? Without faith, it's impossible to please God, so you are displeasing the Lord when you're in fear. So say it again, I refuse to fear. No matter what happens or doesn't happen, I do not have to fear. Stand on your feet, please. Glory to God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.